Welcome to episode 134 of We The Gamer Cast. Comes to you on iTunes and Google Play and Mother Love and YouTube every single Monday. Thank you for subscribing and being here this whole time. Many of you have been here for a long, long time. Some of you, maybe this is your first time. And if that's the case, if you're new, here's the deal. Every week, I have sweet hangs with a stranger from the internet. And if you, yes, you, if you want to be on the show, it's easy. Just tweet at me, Sean Capri, Sean the Connor Capri like the pants. Uh, that was... That was faster and more energetic than I thought I had in me. I am a, I'm a sweaty mess right now. If you're watching the video, there's not even glasses. The hair's not even done. Like, I feel like garbage. Yesterday, I had an amazing chat with Donnie Reese, and we'll get to him in a second. Uh, and a few hours later, I went, took the dogs for a walk, took Lincoln out. We had some fresh air, and just in the middle of that walk, just something hit me. I feel like crap. <laughs> I didn't, I wanted to play some Gears of War last night and I didn't. I just kind of like wrapped myself up in a blanket. I played Bloodborne. Uh, I don't know. It was more of a, a solo type of night last night. Chelsea streamed, by the way. If you want to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Chelsea is streaming Fallout 4 and it is amazing because she has like thousands of hours or something in that game. And the level that she's at is is insane. So if you guys want to check that out, her and I have been sort of like swapping nights, it seems. So hopefully we can keep that up. And thank you to everybody for stopping by. I know Dude has been by, Lens, you've been there, so many others. Uh, Luke Lur was there last night. Um, but before we get any further, why don't we go ahead and, and, and the reason this is on video, the reason you're seeing all this, this, the, this face on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash we the nerdy is, is because of our patrons, <laughs> patreon.com slash make us better, especially our platinum executive producer, my man, Corey Hicks, our gentleman executive producers, Nick Militia from Next Level Games, Joel Brooks, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Jesse Armstrong, David Ray, Aaron Doherty, Martini Jean, and Mr. Moody himself. Thank you guys. You are supporting a wide breadth of content, but we'll leave that maybe for the end of all the different things you're supporting at make us better. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time with you this morning, mainly because Donnie and I go on and on, and I promise you, this is one of those special episodes you guys are not going to want to to skip, and there's no spoilers for anything, I don't know, there's been a lot of podcasts I've been listening to that, that are dealing with spoilers, and I'm like, skip ahead 10 minutes, um, I don't know what, what my thoughts are on that, it's not even a bad thing, I just, just thought I would bring it up, good, did I, did I mention that I'm not feeling so great? I just wanted to mention just a, a quick recap on playing Gears 4 with uh, Luke Lore, Alex Van Aken, Johnny Casino, Chris Berto, so many other people. Hopefully Mitch Power can can jump in on this. Guys, if you have if you have uh an Xbox and if you have Game Pass, you have Gears of War 4. And I don't, I know this is like 2 years later, but this game's making a comeback. I'm telling you guys, it's it's a good time. And if you guys any any multiplayer stuff, I feel like that is kind of taking over lately a lot of multiplayer stuff the division is coming back um halo making a comeback hit me up guys i'm up for some other than last night and probably to like i'm literally like sweating as i'm getting through this intro i just i can't i don't know what's wrong uh hit me up let's play some multiplayer games join the discord the link is in the is in the show notes so let's 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 get going why don't we actually get on with the show speaking of let's get going my guest like i said is donnie reese this is Man, I've known Donnie for since before I was doing this show, man. Play some video games. I wanted to get into how it has changed, 
and uh, a little bit of his backstory as well. I know he's he's been on the Delvin Cox show and a few others talking a little bit about his upbringing and stuff. Uh, I wanted to get into that with him today from maybe a slightly different angle. So why don't we go ahead and do it? Here's Donnie Reese. Follow him on Twitter at Playin' Nintendo. It's like playing without the G. Ain't no G's in playing Nintendo, and you can see all of his amazing content and the stuff that his team is working on at PlaySomeVideoGames.com. Here he is, Donnie Reese! So, like, with PSVG, like, I have, like, management team, and it's, like, really, it's, like, me and Kevin. Mm -hmm. But even then, like, the folks, like, the folks that have been there since the beginning... It's so like, you know, Nathan, Kyle, and Jason, like, I also, like, balance things off of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, it's always my call, and ultimately, I always get Kevin's input, because Kevin is kind of, like, my right-hand guy. Yeah. And I would say that I'm, I'm typically, I'm always open to suggestion, as long as it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I don't want to just, the thing that I always, I don't, like, want to just cater to any, like any uh i'd say feedback but like any criticism yeah like they, the moment i hear criticism i don't go oh we have to change everything right you know like it took a long time for me to realize i'm like you know what some people may just not like it and that's okay like we don't have to change everything that we do for like the one thing but mm-hmm. when changes come along so like um god we've, I, we've i've swapped our website out like 10 times and like we've actually had the website that we currently have for like a good year plus and i think it's good like we're gonna keep it the way it is um but for the longest time i would always do like you know if i thought something was better um you know like the way we record stuff that's changed and ebbed and flowed and it's it's always been um you know or like even actually the most recent example is um for a while kevin was doing all the editing and uh one day he just came to me and he was like i can't do this anymore and he took a step back and i was like all you had to do was say the word mm-hmm. because it was one of those things where he was doing it and I was fine with it because he didn't, you know, he never said it was a problem. Mm-hmm. And then one day he was like, this is just too much. And I'm like, well, we're going to fix this. And he's it's like, how? I'm like, we're going to make everybody do it. He's like, this is never going to happen. It's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen right now. Mm-hmm. But I am more like the blunt force trauma type. Whereas when I, when I decide <laughs> to do something, mm-hmm. that's it. This right. is what we're doing, and we're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't have like this long, you know, methodical plan to like ebb, you know, to ease into it. No, we're just gonna do it, and we'll figure it out. And what has that allowed you to do? Do you think? Like, kind of talk me through, because um, I feel like you've you've talked about the origins of PSVG probably a thousand times, and people yeah. who are listening to this have heard you probably say that, <laughs> you know, before. And, and if not, we can we can refer them to to those shows where you do. But like, I am curious because i've watched the the growth and the metamorphosis of psvg over the years and i'm curious like from your perspective like how has that how has that been and how has the team grown and changed and maybe how has your vision changed since the beginning of of vision's definitely changed yeah for sure like that vision idea is definitely like when i started psvg i'll I'll try to do give you the condensed version when i started we got time (laughs) okay okay everybody sit down grab a drink (laughs) Pet your dog or cat. When I started PSVG, um, you know, I used to write in the forums. That's how you and I met. And that's how basically everybody that like I know on Twitter Mm -hmm. met me. I used to write in the MTG forums and I used to write like, I guess I built a reputation for having like extremely like long form 
you know, like I would, <laughs> I, I would wait I a did. week <laughs> totally and get did. like all of the criticism from everybody and then just reply to everybody in like one gigantic thing. So mm-hmm. I, I actually used to always write like that. So when I started PSVG, like writing was a focus. Like I always wanted to write. Um, when I started PSVG, I like, I always wanted to fanboy out. Like that was kind of the ideas I wanted. I didn't want like, we're all gamers. Everybody's okay. Like let's, I, I like wanted passionate people. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Like you think PlayStation's <laughs> the best. I want, I want to hear why. Yeah. Like state case. So like, it was always kind of the idea, um, was always kind of like, I wanted to capture like some of that confrontation. Yeah. You know, like I, like in a, in a responsible way, but like, that's kind of what we wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I started inviting people, like those are the people I started to, to try and latch on to, started to recruit, started to bring into the fold. And, um, oh God, it, it just, it blew up. It like, it completely went in a, a complete opposite, utter direction than anything we ever thought. Like at first mm. there was just four of us and we were going to podcast every week, but then like a couple guys got sick and a couple people had like, you know, like family. And I was like, man, like we need more people. That's the thing I always tell Gabe mm-hmm. is like, I give them so much props that they're there all for every week forever. Like week in week out. It's so the, that's really hard to do. I know. That's why I do this by myself. <laughs> it's really hard. Um, so that's, I, I was, for real, that's the reason this show is built the way that it is because there's ten episodes of We the Gamercast that were built like that, and like different people every single week, and we're like, yes, no, I can't. Things, life comes up, job comes up, totally. Yeah, exactly. So I, you know, I was telling Kevin, I was like, we need more people, like just to kind of to kind of like be able to tap on shoulders when we needed to. So we brought in a couple more and then it got to the point where it's like, well, now people can only podcast every six weeks and they want to podcast more. So I was like, well, then we need another show. And mm-hmm. then we like start like doing like dual shows or more shows instead of dual shows. We start having more shows and shows for special events, shows for things like different, you know, different sets of people. And then we, we started doing that. Then, then it like it turned instead of me having to go find people people started to come yeah and like people like i love what you do i've always wanted to do it can i join Mm -hmm. and a big part of me wanting to do psvg was wanting to have a voice or i don't even say have a voice but like just wanting to have an opinion or say things Mm -hmm. you know it's just when you're such a big fan of a community like married to the games or podcast beyond like there's often times i know with me with married to the games there's all all there's all kinds of famous infamous times that i disagreed or said something you know in the forums with the host and like i wanted to say it. i was like man i wish i could be there and just talk to them mm-hmm. so when people started to come to me with the same thing i felt bad turning them away right <laughs> you know it's like i became, like, became a hypocrite i was like i know how that feels mm-hmm. i i wanted to do the same thing so i started bringing in more people and then we had at one point, I think we had like an eleven-week podcast rotation. Oh my! Oh, just so that you could finally get on to the flagship <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, a big part of it was expenses and money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were on. Oh, I can't even remember what it was now. What's the big um, podcast hosting site? Like the big one, like Lipsin? SoundCloud. Lipson. Oh, Lipson. Yeah, we were there. I was like at the very, very beginning. We were there too. So when I started everything, like I started a website, started a blog, and I was mm-hmm. like, what's the best? And Libsyn like came back most most at the time, mm-hmm. you know, three, four years ago. Libsyn was the best, or at least according to the folks that I looked at. But they used to charge for space, right? So like you right. paid for like, space and podcast audio space. So like it became an issue where I was like, we're constantly running out of space. And um, I think when we started, 
you were at like the lowest tier. I don't know. It's like you know, 10, 15, 20 bucks a month. And then yeah. at one point we were at like $90 a month in like space allowed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this just isn't working. So we started f- trying to find another place. And when we found our new host, we're not, we're no longer capped by space. Then I was like, all right, because here's the thing. We brought people on to write. Here's the interesting thing. Nobody wants to write anymore. Like nobody right? wants to write. Oh dude, trust me. <laughs> we the nerdy.com. Who's signing up to write exactly. there? Everybody wants the podcast right now. Everybody wants the podcast. So like we would bring somebody on and undoubtedly they'd all start by going, I'd love to write. And they'll write five articles out of the gate Mm -hmm. and then it'll just slow down and then it just became nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was like – and so I remember like we – we Kevin and I would have like these long discussions after the show. I'm like, dude, we got to do something like – Nobody wants to write. Nobody wants – even like review. Like we get re- free review codes and like they don't even want to review. Yeah. Like it, it became pretty obvious to me that like what people want to do is they want to play their favorite games, not review games. Mm-hmm. They want to play their favorite games. Oh, man. Let's talk, talk about, about this it. for a second. Okay. So this is something that, that people discover. I think pretty quickly, maybe they're in denial for a short little while of time. But when you're first getting into reviewing games and even reviewing games on an ongoing basis – Guess what, folks? Um, Mario Odyssey doesn't come hey, out every week. Zelda doesn't not, come out every week. Guess what fills in? And guess what? Guess what? Codes are plentiful. Yes, the games, the games you've never playing. heard of before. So that's that's great. So that discourages people, I think, pretty quickly as well. From because it feels like a grind. You're playing a game you don't oh want to play. Oh my god! No, You're not playing a game that you want to play. Mm-hmm. Right, and you and then you have to write about it or record it, and you know, like yeah, exactly. It becomes like this just this task and it's not fun anymore i mean ultimately it is like it is the best way to go about it because you get to have practice with all these games that are lower profile like if you're gonna if you're gonna mess up a review do it on one of these game one of the dozen games that comes out on switch every single week rather than the big far cry 5 review or whatever like that like I, I think back to some of my reviews i probably like way overscored some games probably underscored other games but like nobody knows about those games <laughs> like that's it's, it's interesting you bring that up because I, I think anybody that's ever reviewed games knows that plight because you get like there's a part of you that gets excited when you first start but then there's also just like th- getting reps you do it a dozen mm-hmm. two dozen five dozen a hundred times yep. you become to be can i think you become to become more critical you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like it wears you. Like when you start playing that many games, now you become really critical of games. Yep. Um, whereas you, when you first start, you don't and think everything. you have the awareness. Yeah. And movies and everything like that. The and news, it, microtransactions, all that stuff, you become super critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> and you're just, you kind of have like a knee-jerk reaction. And I, I honestly believe, Donnie, like, and I've taken a bit of a, a break from, from writing. It's speaking of nobody wants to write. I feel like there's like a sweet spot just after you start where that's actually your best writing like you're gonna start you're gonna be awful you don't know how to start a review i'm sure there's a call of duty review somewhere that i did where i i compared (laughs) it to like to uh i don't even know i had some awful analogy at the beginning and it was like a paragraph it was brutal and but i put it out there and i became very sensitive to how do you start a review like how do you tell somebody about the game and make it exciting and and make it so that somebody wants to read the rest of it. But then after a while, then you start to become a little bit formulaic because you're, you're, you've been responding to the things you don't like in your reviews. Then you're like, okay, this works. And then you start to, then you start to, I love how Skype put that, 
that uh that text right on the right on the screen so anybody watching the video um we don't have a local recording for dying so that's fine i got i got the okay call. I okay got the call. As i was like it just became right into a conversation i was like i don't know like are we recording now like no, we're, we're oh, waiting, yeah, just this, hanging out this is it this, well that is the show that's the best okay. sweet, hang, sweet hangs um yeah man it's uh there, there's a time early on i think when at least for me my writing was best i think you can almost get a little long in the tooth on it and I feel like maybe that's the same for, for everything. That's why you have always been able to adapt and change. Because I don't think you guys get formulaic. No, we definitely, I like, we're always open to anything. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, we've done so many different things. Um, we've tried to do so many different things. We're, we're, we're just copycats. We're just regurgitators. Yeah, but one of my we, favorite things you guys did was the Wii U Remember Me. Oh, like that, <laughs> that was is, so long. Dude, it's it was. Like a two hour podcast. <laughs> but it was amazing. And I really feel. You now have been doing this long enough that you can look back on, I don't know if the word is legacy, you can look back on like a chunk of time, like a big chunk of your life and a lot of other people's lives that all came together. And whether or not you walk away from this or you do this until the day you die, you can look back on this time and go, this is something like really special. And that dawned on me, and I want to throw that back to you in in a second here. It dawned on me when I I was looking back on episodes maybe 10 10 episodes ago, which is almost two months or a little more than two months. And I started the show with Lincoln on my lap. And I'm like, that is amazing. It's it's a it's a different type of home video. Yeah. And that's the world that we live in. And now you can, you know, look back on this time and you can say, well, it just started with me and three guys. And then we brought on all these other people and it changed their lives. Like, how does that does that ever occur to you? You like you were literally changing lives for people who listen, probably less so. But for people who are able to exercise that creative muscle that they never would have before, they never would have found a way. They needed somebody like you to be able to do that. Like, do you ever reflect on that? Other than right now, <laughs> we so twofold. I've I've kind of we've had questions and I've kind of reflected on this part of that. Is that you know a lot of times when we stream, I stream with my kids. Like I, it's, that's mm-hmm. why the Wii U thing is always like a big thing with me because I yep. like to play with my kids. And it has dawned on me, we've gotten questions on the podcast. I think it's really neat that like, I don't know, 40 years from now, I'm going to be able to watch a video of me playing video games with my kids. Mm-hmm. Or 80 years from now, my daughter, who's married and got kids of her own, she might pull up YouTube and watch dad play video games with her. You know, like she, on, on March 10th, no less, on, on dad's birthday, she may, you know, like it, it's, that's really neat. And mm-hmm. I think our generation is like really the first generation to have access to quick memories like that. Yeah. As for the team, I got to say I've never really thought about it that way. I will say that I'm I'm happy and proud that like it took a lot to coax like Coach Mo onto the show. No and way. No, I seriously did. I kid you not. Coach Mo was um, shy wouldn't be the right word, but like reserved and mm-hmm. you know like. If you're playing a game with him online and he's in your headset, he's fine. He's at ease. But like putting him on video, putting him like on podcasts, like asking him for real opinion, it's not really his – I wouldn't say it's not his thing. It's just like he just wasn't used to it. Right. Right? And um, so there was a while there. Like it it was – yeah, it was kind of a challenge. So you were coaxing him? Like you were pushing him along and encouraging Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like me, Kevin, uh, I know Nathan, like there was a lot of us that were like, coach, you've got a lot to offer here, like more mm-hmm. than you think you do. Mm-hmm. Like you got to open up a bit. And, um, you know, like, and then t- to see where he started, 
you know, like you listen to, uh, and don't listen to it because it's terrible, but you listen to like <laughs> PSVG Caramelize Me Baby, which is like episode eight, maybe. It's like one of our very first episodes, Amazing. probably the first episode with Mo. Mm-hmm. Um, audio quality is just egregious, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Recorded on uh, tape. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you listen to that and then you listen to OT, mm-hmm. I mean, different people. Yeah. Hugely different people. And there were times where he's like, disappeared for a while and he's like you know like he, he very much was like i don't know if i want to do this and you know mm-hmm. and then he like he comes back around but it was always kind of like that dude you've got a lot to offer now if you've never listened to the ot such a special show yeah, on is. the PSG podcast network it has nothing really to do about video games at all like they kind of mm-hmm. talk about it but it's it's kind of like this like we the gamer cast kind of yep. you know it's just a hangout show it's just a bro out time or they just hang out and talk about anything and i think that show is needed and was necessary on just for us like yeah. as a creative team because when you're talking about this like you were like we're we're talking so much about video games there can always be like this built-up um conflict right and we always get like the nintendo guys and the playstation guys and the xbox guys and they're always fighting with each other when they mix it up right <laughs> it's almost and like somebody designed part, it that way <laughs> exactly it's most part it's like it's fun it's tongue-in-cheek yeah but there are times that like you do that for four or five weeks people get burned out they get tired of it that show is like a great place to go and mm-hmm. it's like remember we're all friends like let's just hang out like it really kind of serves a purpose like just internally that's a beautiful thing man like i love that that it is that dual purpose type of thing maybe bobby and i needed that maybe yeah. <laughs> we were just fighting about nintendo all the time maybe maybe we needed to have a couple more sweet it's hands. hard to have a um it's hard to have a a responsible conversation with bobby and criticize nintendo at the same time it's it's it's, it's tough it's <laughs> I mean, he was, he, speaking of, I'm all of change in metamorphosis, boy, but... there, there was a time where I thought we had kind of gone over the irrational, uh, I that. yeah, I'm, and I remember like talking to him on and off the show, I'm like, man, you've really like, you're a really dynamic person. Like, I think as a Nintendo guru and even somebody with playing Nintendo as your Twitter, like, and, and just the way that people are, you like to get, you like to put people in their boxes and you like to think that you've got them figured out. And Bobby surprised me so often. And he's even surprising me right now with, with what he's doing now. We won't, we won't yeah. get into that, but he's surprising me now. But, you know, it is, it is good. That's why I love doing this show. And OT is, is just the same as you mentioned, where even, even though we, we need an outside conversation with it, with each other, the audience needs that as well. And I've always viewed the show and shows like it, where it actually makes you appreciate when those people are talking about video games even more. Yeah. Because, you are starting to understand them as a person more than just like their hot takes on video games. Exactly. It's way more well-rounded. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I'm glad we got, you're exactly right. Cause mm-hmm. you know, all of our shows are like centric now for the most part, they all have like their thing and like all of our personalities have their thing. <laughs> it becomes almost like predictable. Mm-hmm. You can predict what I'm like, uh, Donnie's hot take the direct that we had this week, best direct we've ever had. Oh, I've been really? fighting about that constantly with everybody. Yeah. Right? That's predictable. Yeah, but if you'd listen to me on other shows, you know that I'm not just being a fanboy, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not saying it for the purpose of saying it. Yeah, um, and you'd only know that if you heard me on the Xbox show, or if you heard me do PlayStation Live reactions, or you heard me on the OT. Like mm-hmm. you, you would only know that in that case. Why? Why was it the best? And this is going to be right. repeating for people who listen to you, but <laughs> I'm curious. I- so here, here is the interesting thing. Um, we watched the direct. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there were a lot of things that were like I wouldn't say spoiled, but there were a lot of things that were you know like we knew going into it. Yeah, and by the way, I totally messed up the the time, the starting times, and I jumped into your guys' chat. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but I jumped in the chat and you guys were talking about what had just happened. But oh. for somebody who thinks that it's about to start in a half an hour, you're like, what? I thought you were talking about what you think is going to happen. Oh, we were spot on. All predictions. Well, I came in. I'm like Diablo closes it. And I don't know if, and I quickly realized it already happened. So I went to go watch it and I'm like, I'm such an idiot. Like it totally didn't. And what am I predicting things after the fact? What an ass. Anyways, please continue. I need to share yeah. my idiot So the, story. the thing that I came up with is uh, I asked before we recorded Shaq that night, I said, Hey, one out of 10, how do you grade the show? Yeah. Um, I got a couple eights, which is about where, where I would be somewhere in there like that. Mm-hmm. And then the score doesn't really matter. The interesting sure. thing was I got a lot of like below six. So I'm sitting oh, in yeah. my mind and I'm like, hmm, because this is just my thought, like mm-hmm. my process of thinking. I would go, if that direct was a six, can there ever be a 10? Nope. You know, it's like that that scale doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and one of them was Kevin. Far. And I argue with Kevin and I, as much as like I love Kevin to death, he is my right hand man. I am the yin to his yang. Like we yeah. never seem to agree on anything. And I think that's why it makes us a good team. Mm-hmm. Because we're always giving each other the other side of the coin on like every idea. Yeah. Um, but back to the thing. So I started going back. I went to the Nintendo's website. You know, they have every direct. And I started going back through the ones that were like most memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Like Super Nintendo Virtual Console and 3DS. Uh, Wind Waker HD. Twilight Princess HD. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Switch, the, the original Switch one. The E3 conferences. I couldn't find one that I would say that if you if you bullet pointed the releases on each one was a better direct. I can't See, find one. This is it's, what I love about you, Donnie. This is... <laughs> Like, who can match that objective take? Nobody. Nobody looks at it like that. So, and that's what I realized. (laughs) When I started actually uh, saying this point and backing it up, the thing that I got that I have a hard time agreeing with is, like, Kevin and I were arguing, and Kevin goes, but I knew all about it before I went in. So it's Mm. like he was grading the direct on the surprise factor. And I was like, how can you do that? When you are a podcast, like you have so many podcasts where like all you do all day is have your ear to the ground. Yeah. You're never going to be that surprised. Well, and imagine if you go to the next level where you are actually supposed to know what's going to happen ahead of time. So you've got your stories ready afterwards and everything. Yeah. That surprise is never going to be there. Mm -hmm. It just can't be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are like, well, Final Fantasy set that everybody goes back to this. The Final Fantasy seven reveal that place, the Gabe, you know, the Gabe moment where everybody in the PlayStation crowd went nuts. And I'm like, I get that, that they were excited. Those yeah. games still haven't come out. I'm that. OK, that's a hilarious <laughs> point. They're to bring still up too. not here. Do we revise our greatest E3 ever at this stage going like three years later? Wasn't that 2015? Yeah, it and was. A the last game. Guardian was divisive at best. I think I I did not like it. Some people loved it, so I guess that that's enough. Um, and then yeah, Shenmue and Final Fantasy. And I'm not even a big Shenmue fan. I like so I guess it depends. First of all, who's doing the who's getting cool. excited? But then yeah, can people do we are we just too stubborn to change our minds? <laughs> that was stubborn or E3. conditioned to like want what mm. we used to get. You know, back before the information flow was so big. You know, like those surprises existed. I remember watching mm-hmm. E3 and seeing stuff I never thought I'd see. But like it seems like those moments are coming few and far between, and that's because the information cycle that we live in today mm-hmm. is just. And not only is it twenty four seven, it's. I mean, how many props do you give Nintendo for? Like we all knew Smash was coming, sure. 
But still, the fact that they showed Smash without anybody like leaking it, and there's no pictures came out. Mm-hmm. IGN didn't go. Smash is being shown today. Like how many? How many E3 presentations is Eurogamer like wrecked this year? Yeah. We wake up and Eurogamer's like, here's everything you're about to see in I seven hours. And I hate yeah. the people who share it too. Like, get out of here. Just if that's going to show up on my feed, great. But it, like, just keep that away. Maybe, maybe I need like a list on Twitter of like people who spoil things and people who don't. <laughs> and just like maybe like when, when there's no worries about spoilers, then I can, I can just li- lift my, my entire list go. I don't know what the right answer is. There's probably makes absolutely no sense, but like evaluate. This is, I love this topic. I love evaluating announcements. This is how, you know, you are a, like an F word geek. When you, (laughs) you're so right. You are such a nerd. When you should see the notes that I built. (laughs) Oh dude. And this is also when I knew, um, that I would be marrying Chelsea. Like we, I've been writing about video games since before we got married and but i was always a little shy about like how how much do i let on because like i don't know if this is forever i don't know if i need to like not uh really i didn't even know the possibilities of of flexing this creative muscle as i as i've talked about i didn't even know that i would want to do that but even to explore that with uh somebody that you care about and you want to have around for a long time that early stage is very awkward both in a relationship and with your relationship with games and writing about games so I was very nervous about exploring that space. And, and she was like, she was right there. She's like, if you want to go like write about games, I'll sit over here and play Ocarina of Time. Like that. And awesome. so that it was a pretty, my, my wife is what got me. My wife is actually exactly what got me started. Yeah. Like she was the one. Actually, um, you told stories too, where, and I'll let you get to that too, where it's very similar to Chelsea. where you are like, go, like she's literally like pushing you on the back. Just like pretty go much. into the basement and go do your thing. That's exactly what happened. Um, I used to type those long forms of Married to the Games, and I was doing college at the time and working, and I was like super stressed. And I, I remember those, I'll never forget it, but it was just this one day I was arguing. Married to the Games had left Zelda Breath Link to the Past, Link Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they left Zelda Link Between Worlds off their Game of the Year list. Like they were, and I'll never forget the episode. They were like, What's 3DS's game of the year? Like, they, for one, they did game of the year show, didn't even mention Wii U or 3DS. Yeah. And then when they came back the next week, they were like, we don't even know what 3DS games came out this year. Like, uh, is there a game of the year? And it's like, that's fine if you're not a uh-huh. Nintendo fan, but like, Link Between Worlds was legit one of the games of the year. Like, it, so I, I remember I was like, I was writing them and I like, I called in. I was like, I can't believe you left it off I the show. It. And uh, my wife was just like, why? Why? Why don't you just do this? She's like, it's yeah. so obviously that you're you're you want to do it, like your mm-hmm. passion. I was like, I don't know how, and I have the website, and she's like, so, you know, she's like, you you'll figure it out. You're smart. Like, go mm-hmm. go find out. Go do it. And it was her. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's I love that about you too. Where and this is a difference I know very much about myself. I'm I'm a um, I don't want to put myself down too much here. But I am, I am better with a team. Like if I've got like three or four people around me, like we will accomplish amazing things. But in terms of like getting something started just by myself, it's, it's, it's difficult. And that's why I give you so much props for PSVG. It's like, no, we got to Like this is the vision and you coming up with anything from scratch, even drawing something from scratch versus looking at something and then kind of mimicking that and drawing that is, is a different, is a different skill set. And um yeah, PSVG right from the beginning was was you and I'm and I'm happy to hear that your wife was was the one kind of like pushing you to do it. And your life is has changed for the better because of that. It's been a great source of fun. 
Um, I think it's that I need it. As the way I, that I, you that, said that sounded like it wasn't at all. Well, there, <laughs> it's been there, a great source of fun. <laughs> I won't lie. There are times where, like, when you have a team of 15, 17 folks, like, yeah. ideas and, you know, direction conflicts. Mm-hmm. So there's also a lot of, like, management that gets involved, too. But um, for the most part, the entire, like, journey, it's something that I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only really recognize that now. Because at the time, when, at the time, I had just graduated college. Um, what were you taking in college too? And I want to get into your, your day-to-day job as well, because I okay. find it fascinating. Um, oh, definitely. They, I really do. Like, definitely do that. I think you were on, um, Delvin Cox's show when the first time that I had learned about what you do outside of PSVG, I was like, holy crap, man, this is incredible. Um, so yeah, what, I, but I don't know what you took in college to, to get there. So I'm a public administration major, um, Really what that means is I, I have a degree in Homeland Security and Emergency Management. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, it's under like the government label at Mercer University where I went to school. Okay, and, so what's uh, that direct of a translation from from a degree to – because like for me, I have like a commerce degree and you, I end up – I work at a charity. Like oh, that's what I, happens I, with a lot of I work with degrees. Folks some, I work with some folks like that. So we'll yeah. get into that. But yeah, yeah. I mean it was um, – I took the long road to college. Like I always wanted to go to college. Actually, I was the only. I'm the only person on. I'm the only person on my side of the family that actually has a college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, both my actual family and my foster family. Yeah. So. Oh wow. Like, okay, that was gonna be my question. Was like your which side? So exactly so either. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hang on a sec. We need to go back further. We need to rewind a little further. I. I. I it's on my list of things I want to get to, Donnie. Um, do you, I don't know if you, and I apologize if I'm going to make you repeat yourself. Have you ever talked about this on, on another show? And this is, I a, talked this is about a, it a little bit on that Delvin Cox episode. Yeah. And here's the thing before I'm going to, I'm going to get back to you, but here's the thing. No, you're fine. When I talk about it, I feel bad because I feel like some people think like the, the story is, um, interesting. And like when I did that Delvin Cox show, and when I've talked about like some things like maybe on the OT, mm-hmm. I've gotten a tremendous feedback. People love it, and they say, this is great, and we want to hear more about it. Yep. But I also get like some folks who are like, hey, man, I want to listen to you about video games, not this. Like keep that stuff to yourself, and I also kind of feel bad. Yeah, well, <laughs> then they haven't made it this far because they're not even subscribed or listening to this show because I say we talk about video games, and I'm like, that's just what the script says for the most part. That's what I said in the beginning days. Like, we talk a little okay. about games. Okay, uh, I have yeah. not really open book talked about it. Okay, so talk to me about, like, when what is your what is your connection to your biological family now and in the beginning? Like, is right. there one so, and then you get displaced or what is that? How does yeah. That in the, so the, in the, so the first three years of my life, um, my, my mom's a drug addict. She's a drug yeah. addict. She's abusive. Um, she's passed away. Um, she's always been that way. It's just what I grew up in. It's the environment I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived the first two years of my life with my grandmother and then my mom took me um, from Atlanta, um, to Ohio where I lived in Columbus and Cleveland and Dayton. I just, there was a point in my life was really bad. And I always say that, all right, so before I tell you the story, I want to preface this. Mm-hmm. By no way, shape, or form do I feel like a victim. So when I tell you, I'm just telling you because you, you're asking. I'm asking. Okay, that's yep. the only reason. I, I don't. I always I, when I go to when I see other people that do their stories and then it bothers me because I'm like, I am so much more than my upbringing. Like let none me, of that has anything to do music with me. Over this, like as you're telling the story, <laughs> I'll, I'll put in some yes. really sad. And at the bottom of the screen, I'll say like where you can donate. 
oh, and make God, a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> those those that stuff kind of bothers me. But yeah, I, so like okay. when I was in third grade, we were living in Cleveland, uh, Brooklyn Heights, Parma, and you and your mom, me and my mother. Um, yeah. We were homeless, and for about I went to twelve schools in third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy crap! Two, two of them twice. I actually got enrolled in one and then came back. And uh, we lived in um, we lived in a pretty bad neighborhood. And when she died, I actually took my mom to or I took my wife to the neighborhood and got her to see it. And she was like, "Wow!" And um, I took her to the the shelter that we used to live in. It was so much smaller than I remember it being. When I was a little kid, it seemed huge. Mm-hmm. It's tiny. Um, but yeah, we we stayed at churches and we stayed at shelters and like I, I kind of lived that life momentarily, mm-hmm. briefly, you know, for about two years. She was really abusive. That's an eternity uh, when you're that age, by the way. Kinda. Like when when you when June hits and you're like I've got two months of summer holy crap this is amazing mm-hmm. two years is a long time man that's true um, the worst experience if anybody really like if you if you just want to hear self loathsome Donnie the worst experience that I still remember is being picked up at the homeless shelter when I was in third grade on the bus mm-hmm. and the kids made fun of all of us not just me it was, I was not like I'm the only one there there was mm-hmm. 30 of us kids not uncommon in a city like that to have you know homeless folks but um my How mom was really in school um I was always really actually a really good student yeah um I, I did end up surprised. getting held back that grade um for everything that's about to take place like so my mom was um Big on drugs, really abusive, and uh, eventually um, somebody in my family had alerted social services. Yeah, and uh, they came and took me. So they they came. Uh, I'll never forget. They pulled me out of school one day. They took me to uh, where we were while my mom was gone. Like they'd planned it all out. It was like very much like an like a sting. Like they they knew my mom's whereabouts at the time. They knew where yeah. I was. It was all planned to the hour. And um, I didn't even get to say goodbye. Um, not that you know, like at the time. I mean, dude, you're so young. You didn't really, you know, like you're very uh, resilient at that mm-hmm. age. You just kind of roll with things, you know, like I was upset, but like at the same time, I also kind of knew like, this is probably better. <laughs> oh, really? Were you, yeah. were you wise beyond your, like, I, I've come into contact with a lot of kids who've, um, had, had difficult upbringings and they, they grow up six times faster than everybody else. Is that similar for you? Like, were I've been you told a, that. Yeah. I've you were an older than whatever you were. You would have been eight at the time. I remember telling Seven, my, eight. I remember showing my life like what I used to do. Um, I used to have a friend of mine whose mom uh, worked at the Tim Hortons across the street. When I say across the street, I mean across of like an eight-lane highway <laughs> okay. um, about a mile from the house. Yeah. And I used to walk there every day and she would give me a free donut and oh, wow. I would come back. And I did that in third grade. And like I took my wife there because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super – I'm like a, the world's worst parent. I'm like super – I'm like, yeah, they're fine. Go across the neighborhood. Like well, yeah, I you, used, you I used to go – exactly. I, yeah. I used to do it like – and it took her being like that's not normal. Yeah. Right? You, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I've been told that. Um, they moved me to Georgia because my dad's here. And I, I never really met my dad. Uh, I knew of him. Um, but I never really met him. And uh, they moved me here. They placed me with my uh, grandmother and grandfather who were really old at the time. I mean, we're talking, dude, they were like almost 70. Yeah. And, uh, you know, not the best place to be trying to raise a kid. And I had a caseworker and had to go to court every you know, quarter month or so. And eventually, oh my, gosh. Eventually, um, my caseworker was great. Yeah. Um, if, if you've ever met anybody in that situation, like a caseworker, what a – like an angelic job, what a, a great civil service. Cause, mm-hmm. and it can be hard. I got, I've always actually, there's part of me that always thought that I'd be good at it and I'd want to do it, but the, the, it's because also so, there? 
it's so stressful. Could you imagine they 40, 50 kids just like me and they're all trying to manage all of their expectations. They're trying to take the best, but they're all, they're also the bad guy, you know, cause all the kids are like, why are you taking me away from my parents? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, oh, it's so bad. Um, but, um, eventually my grandparents told my caseworker they couldn't take me anymore. So, um, and I'm giving you like the shorter version. Um, Mm -hmm. I got put in a friend's home here in Georgia. Um, yeah. and I, that was the day where I thought a friend's home or at least the friend's home that I was in, I, I look back on them now and I've done a lot of charity work for them because I, I love what they did for me. But at the time it felt like you were going to jail. Um, so, not, so just for, for clarity's sake, you're not saying you went to a friend of yours home. No, no, no. Uh, it's it. Oh, I'm sorry. It is an orphanage <laughs> called the friend's home. Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I realize that, but I'm like, I think some people are going to think that like, you really don't like your friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There, uh, there is a, a barbed wire fence around the playground. Holy there are bars. Crap. There are bars on the windows. Um, they, they have a lot of kids that try to run away. I mean, I understand it now. Yeah, yeah. But when you're ten and eleven, you know, like really, and, and you eat off a tray, mm-hmm. like a like a plastic tray. Yeah, you anything know? is better than this. It feels. It, it really felt like you're just you know locked away. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, my, when I remember my caseworker when he took me there. I'll never forget it. He drove me to the gas station. He goes, "Get anything you want." He's like, yeah. I understand this is going to suck. He's like, I know. And, I, and I'll never forget it because he treated me like an adult, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I didn't want to hear it. But he was like, this is going to suck. Like, I, I have to take you here. And it was because they gave up guardianship of me. I had people that wanted me. Like, yeah. they were like, I'll take them. But the law says they can't until guardianship is passed. Like, so like the way he explained it to me, he's like, if you break your leg and Lord knows I did a lot of stuff where I could. Yeah. He was like, nobody can sign off to tell a doctor to take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's that, it's at that level of custody, you know, like that has to happen until then you, you know, the state owns you. So, so that's a good example of growing up well beyond your years, because like, who the hell is even thinking about the law? No, like at any I, level. Exactly. Exactly. But that was like the, 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 ex, the explanation he was giving me at yeah. the time. Yeah. So anyway, I loaded up on like candy bars and soft drinks and everything. Mm-hmm. And he took me there and he stayed with me all night, um, like until like three in the morning. He was like, I have to go. And like, Lord knows, like, I mean, I'm sure if, if anybody out there has never met a caseworker, that is not their job description. Like yeah. we're talking about the person going completely above and beyond and going way out of his way. He probably had a family and everything like, or no I don't know. I don't, he yeah. may not have, I mean, like definitely not. He's a government employee. He could have left mm-hmm. at five. Yep. Yeah. And he, yeah, he realized he was like, oh, this sucks for this kid, mm-hmm. you know, because I had just got here. It wasn't even that long. I wouldn't even with my grandparents. Like six or were you, were you getting at, the, shit at this all the time, time? Not much. No. Yeah. At this time, um, probably that those couple years with my mom back in Cleveland until this point, um, the way I always kind of explain it to folks, I was kind of like a wild, like a wild just animal. I, I just kind of wanted, to, I just did whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, like, could you imagine raising a kid like that? Uh, you know, I, I always, you make me feel bad. Because when I think back of this, I always feel bad. I feel bad for my teachers. I feel bad for the people that tried to help me because, you know, at the time, I just didn't know any better. You know, like that's just had, it. That's why you you kind of have to absolve yourself of that a little bit. Uh, yeah, is that all possible? Just didn't know any better. So, like, if yeah. I wanted to go to the movies, like I'd hop a ride or like get a bus ticket. I go all the way across town. I'd sneak into the movie. If I wanted a sandwich, I'd steal stuff. You know, like I just did whatever I wanted to do. Like if yeah. I wanted to do it, if I just wanted to leave, I'd just leave. You think about that as like a fourth or fifth grade, just leave, just get up and leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember getting into like high school going like, we don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. Like, exactly. That's, that's weird. Yeah, I never had that. So yeah. you can tell, you can only imagine like the, the conflict that I caused along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and was there any sort of like constraints or anything that were eventually put on yeah. you? Because like, obviously 
you went to college, you got a great job, you got a great family. Like, we know the story has a happy ending, I guess. It's not, not an ending, like... A happy and eventu- a happy eventuality, I guess we'll say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but what, like, what what point does like something? Is this when you when you finally clicks. get into a something foster starts. home? Yes. Or, yeah. Yeah. So I I meant the friend's home for I think like three months. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to court. I'll never forget the judge, by the way. It's Judge Newsom, Henry County. Newsom. The, yeah. And uh, so, and he has like this reputation of being a. You don't want him like, if you're there for traffic court. Um, but the things that he said to me and the things that he made me do will stick with me forever. Yeah. Um, but eventually, they wanted me to be with my dad. So they found him. He was court ordered to come. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That's a terrible way to like start a relationship. Yeah. We're what was he up to? court order you to come take care of your child. Oh, my gosh. Or you're going to go to jail. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's the choice then. Pretty much. Well, not even a choice. Like, that's the situation. Pretty much because the way that they were – the way that the judge kind of used it was he should have been paying child support all these years. So now he's on the hook for this amount of money. So if you don't come take care of your child when nobody else will, we're going to put you in jail until you put a pony up. Like, that's how they got him there. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't my dad's fault. Like, he didn't really know. He didn't even know I was back in Georgia, you know. (laughs) Like, he just knew I was off in the world somewhere. Oh, but he knew you existed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely did. And then – so – but my dad also was not like the best person in the world. He's not as bad as my mom, but at the time, I'll never forget this either. It's a good story. My dad walked into court in shorts, jean shorts. Sweet. That's that's a no no. Yeah. Um, especially down here in the south, mm-hmm. judges don't take they don't you don't do that. So he was ordered by the judge then to go to the store and get a shirt and tie and pants. Yeah. And come back. <laughs> so he comes back in like this brand new like you know unpressed. You know, yeah. Tags are still hanging <laughs> yeah. out the back. Yeah. yeah exactly. Down the sleeve. <laughs> And then they run his background. He had like 24 DUIs. He was – my dad was pretty much an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, and that's why my mom you know, never stayed with him. So the judge literally was like, we can't let you go with your dad. <laughs> this oh, is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean he was just like, I so badly want your dad to take care of you, but this can't happen. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is not the solution. That's good though, right? Like that – I mean no. It's, no. it's a tough – it's a tough situation obviously – and we, I feel like a lot of us have our experiences with the system and we have a lot of problems with the system, but I feel like this is an instance maybe where the system was working. The system's working. It's taking a long time, but it's working. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's working. So but there eventually wasn't like the solution was like, let's get him with his dad. Yes. And they, but they didn't do so blindly. I guess that's kind of the thing that I'm, oh, I'm not at all. happy to hear. Yeah, that's good. Cause they, so here's where, here's where the story turns. And actually they just called me and sang me happy birthday, which they do every year. And uh, mm-hmm. I always love it. Um, my, my aunt who lived near my grandmother and grandfather at the time um, took me and uh, she, she stood up in court and said, we'll take him." Um, and what side of the family is my mom, my mother's sister. Yeah. And um, her husband is a, is a plumber. It's my uncle mm-hmm. Dan. And in so many ways, I feel like a lot of people resonate with this in so many ways. I love my uncle so much more than I do my aunt. Like I love them both. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's, my uncle and I just shared a connection. He's not even family. He's not even yeah. blood family. You know, like, but for some reason, and I, I kind of know the reasons, but um, anyway, they, they took me. They took me yeah. in. And here was what the judge said. Um, the judge said, all right, we're going to give custody to your aunt and uncle. Uh, Dad, you're going to visit him every weekend because this child needs a role and you know, he needs a father figure in, in his life. Yeah. So every weekend, every weekend. He also put a breathalyzer in my dad's car. Mm-hmm. So every time my dad tried to start the car, he had to to blow, you know, non-alcoholic breath. Yeah. Uh which my dad probably hated. <laughs> and no um 
and uh, that was to last for two for a year. It ended up being two years, but a year to get me and my dad off onto a good start. Yeah. So I went to go stay with my aunt. Now my aunt is um, the opposite of anything I ever had. Super structure. Yeah. Uh, I, you, you'd call her a Bible thumper, like around here, Pentecostal woman. Mm-hmm. Church. Was she every, your every, mom's every older Sunday. sister? Younger sister. Younger sister. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, church every Wednesday, every Sunday, every Sunday night, every church activity, Bible school. Yeah. You know all that Bible study, everything. And um, my uncle was, you know, chores every day. It was. I never forget at first. It was such a hard transition because I hated. I hated it. Like the first three months of my life, I hated every bit of it because mm-hmm. uh, it was so regimented, it was so structured. Like almost every hour of my day was planned and scheduled. I felt like I rarely ever even had you know, me time. When do you get to do what you want to do? Exactly. Yeah, totally. And, and coming from somebody that just did nothing but anything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And the judge also ordered me to do after school activities. He ordered, it was a part of like their so custody. Like sports or, or didn't something. care. Yeah. Uh, if I never forget the, uh, the words, judge Newsom said, this is the type of person that doesn't need any extra time on his hands. You will do an after school activity around oh, the entire. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. What is He's... it? The, uh, idle hands or the devil tool or something, <laughs> something like, that? like that. He was like, you will do an after-school activity all year long. He yeah. said, if you don't, then you're going to come back to court. And I was probably mm-hmm. an empty threat, but at the time, I, I was 12 or 11, I took it completely seriously. Yeah, <laughs> he was just staring up at this guy. Yeah, he was 100 feet up in the sky. You, this is the yeah. guy that almost threatened to throw my dad in jail. <laughs> you know, yeah, like right. Uh, so uh, that's So you were respecting authority, at least at this point. Like there's, Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. you recognize that there are consequences and that this guy is saying these things and you have to take – because I feel like there's – there's often times where you're like, whatever, like you can, you can throw the book at me and I don't, I don't care. Like yeah, some kids grow up you know that way what? too. I know a couple of kids like that. You're right. Yep. I, I never took that approach. I think yep. that's what made my uncle and I click so much because I never took the, um, hang on a second, Jack. Okay. I'm on a show, please. My kids are just coming in and out and like rotating through. We can't hear them. So you're fine. <laughs> it's just um, life now. <laughs> my uncle treated me in a way that, you know, I never, I never like just bucked authority. I would mm-hmm. argue, you know, like I would always like make a claim, but I would like if, if I, you know, if like if somebody talked to me and like told me why I would always like, okay, I understand. Mm-hmm. And, or if you were just like, right, I would do that too. Like, you know, if you were like, you have to do your chores before you can go to the skating rink, then, you know, like I, you wouldn't hear anything from me. I'd just work and then go. It would be the, if I wanted to go and you told me no, that's when I would be upset. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I've, uh, I've, I've held up my end of the bargain here, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, my uncle very much like from the beginning, I remember because it was so hard for me trying to transition into like this new lifestyle. You know, my uncle would sit me down and I had like a, a real strong like love affair for like history and like social studies and stuff like that. At the time, I was all about it. And uh, so did he. So like we would stay up until like two in the morning and we'd talk about World War II and watch stuff on the History Channel. It's just yeah. garbage. We'd talk about, you know, general tactics and just stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and there would be times where, like, if I got in trouble at school or something, he would sit me down and instead of, like, just punishing me, grounding me anything, he would sit me down and be like, all right, why did you do this? Yeah. And I'd explain my side of the story and then he would be like, well, here's the other side of the story. And he's like, let me explain why this is a problem. Holy let me explain crap. why you can't do this. You know, like, he was the mm-hmm. first person ever to be like, you can't do this because this upsets like the laws of the classroom. And if you mm-hmm. do this and other people and like he, he, he started to teach me, you know, he's really mm-hmm. like the first person's like, I'm, I want you to be a better person. I don't want to just punish you to make you, you know, it wasn't like you're being punished. Don't do it again. It was like, yeah. here's why, you know, it was like the first parent 
if context and perspective man holy crap like as soon as as you're saying this i'm thinking lincoln's upstairs i'm like where is my book i need to write this down <laughs> so i can refer to this later like i'm not disciplining or anything now he's not upsetting any laws of classrooms yet but he will yeah and that's what a great moment for you to remember later on in life as well like well, it, it got to the point where i hated to ever let him down <laughs> you yeah. know because because you respected him time. yeah yeah, exactly. And like my aunt, on the other hand, oh, man, she, I love her to death, but she's she's like a bull in a shine shop. You get in trouble. She's ready to pull out the belt. You know, like oh, it's just like, yeah. just strict corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he never treated me that way. And and it also became um, uh, it also became a thing where once he started doing that, it didn't take long. I just stopped getting in trouble. Yeah. Like literally, I was just like, OK, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, you're a smart kid. And, and it was just after it's that. It's in there. Holy. <clears throat> and the thing that I think is interesting about parenting is that you're running on fumes nine times, like 95% of the time. And with the other 5%, you're sleeping to try and get those fumes back up. Yeah. The truest sense of you comes out when you're parenting. That's true. And, I, and the only other time I feel like this happens that maybe I just, I haven't had the life experience to know this, but I, I've witnessed it when, uh, when my grandmother was, was fading but she still had like her core, like her, her, uh, like her, her inner brain, her lizard brain was working when nothing else was working. Her, her, uh, she was losing her faculties, but the innermost sense of her came through and she was so kind. She didn't know where she was or what was happening to her or anything, but she was thanking people around her and just being genuinely nice. And I was like, that is, that's grandma right there. That's a beautiful story, man. It, that is. Dude, like, and I, and it, I shouldn't have been there to see it. Like I should have been my uncle or my brother or somebody else who actually like lived in the area. I just happened to be there for work because she lived in she lived in a city three hours from here. And something had happened. She had to go to the hospital. Uh, and then, yeah, I was there to see the true sense of of grandma. It was awesome. And so for your uncle, and I feel like many of us see this too in ourselves. You can't fake it. You don't have the energy to fake parenting. Like no. you're hit with a situation. And you go like, you kind of just have to, ha- you don't get to sit there and like strategize. <laughs> it's true. So it's, it's coming from somewhere deep within you. It's the life experiences that you have that you then kind of put forward on those around you. And I think that's a beautiful thing about your uncle, man, because oh, did, he's, like, what were their kids situation? Were they ever going to have kids? Did you, did they, you join a, a family? My, of, of kids? I did. My aunt had another son and, uh, you know, it was funny is that he didn't treat him anything like he treated me. My, my, my cousin, um, it's a funny family joke at this point, but he was the worst. He argued all the time. He's constantly <laughs> yep. in trouble. Yep. So it was it was also kind of like a foil because, mm-hmm. you know, like they had gotten to the point with him where he would get in trouble and they would punish him and he would act out and they'd punish him again. And my uncle was like, you see what's going on here? Like, don't do this. And I was yeah. smart enough to like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That sounds dumb. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was a little bit older than me too, and I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to do that. So I yeah. kind of just played off of that. Um, you and me so, are our second kids. We're in that in that sense. Like I've had an older brother going like, well, you don't say the f word to dad because <laughs> soap doesn't look like it tastes very good. Exactly. Like literally, or like that sa- that plastic sandal that he's got looks heavy and it looks like it hurts your butt. So yeah. don't do any of that stuff. I learned a lot from my very much from my older brother. Yeah. So after about 18 months with them, um, that my dad. Passed all of his tests, cleared everything, and finally gets awarded full custody of me. Oh, wow. Okay. Holy crap. So this at this point, I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually kind of 
bought in and I guess become I don't know, brainwashed or like retooled or reconstructed like, you know, like I had been reformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was, you know, not the church. I didn't really credit church, but like the, I, I don't, I'm not like an atheist or anything. Like I, I, I don't really go to church anymore. Mm-hmm. So I can't even say that I'm like overly religious, but I love the utility and like the social aspect that is church. I, I think the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like that helped me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and I think it's important. Mm-hmm. So when I, when they sent me back to my dad's house, there was like some resentment there. I, I'll never forget. Like my dad picked me up. Like he, he was real happy. He didn't have to pay child support anymore. You know, like that was like, Oh, win. yeah, that's the win. Yeah. And, um, so like when he got back, obviously, you know, he, the people are who they are. My dad started drinking again. And this time I'm, I don't know, late middle school, early high school, late, late middle school, like eighth grade. Mm-hmm playing football and it's a dangerous uh, time to be around that though isn't it like it's always a dangerous time but like you're volatile at yeah. this point when you're a, especially mm-hmm. as a as a male yeah it's a volatile time not only mm-hmm. are you like you know preteen teenager hormones going nuts but like now you're like almost physically capable of doing something about it exactly and uh yeah that's ultimately what happened me and my dad didn't click um yeah. it just didn't work you know he thought that like he thought parenting was like there's food in the fridge yeah you know, I, I've told the story before, like he bought me a PlayStation on Christmas one year and uh, I loved it. I was so excited, but uh, no tree, no, no, no decorations, like no games, like yeah. no, not even wrapped. It literally was a PlayStation just on the table. He's like, Merry yeah. Christmas. Wow. So like, you know, you feel, you know, that doesn't sound that bad compared to like my mom and it wasn't. I, I definitely mm-hmm. had worse, but coming from my aunt and uncle straight off the bat, it just didn't feel like family. It just, yeah. was no, you know, it was like roommates. You know, it's like it was like we're cohabitating. It's like mm-hmm. I, you're here because you have to be here. Further aging you beyond your years. So there's like so all this resentment building up, not only just to him, but with me. You know, like yeah. he's yelling at me about all the things that he would like me to do. I'm yelling at him like, you know, where have you been? Like yeah. what gives you the right? You just showed up like you don't even want me here. You know, it's just bad. Yeah. So I'll never forget one night I came home from football practice um, or not even football practice, football game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a friend's mom drive me home and uh, he was just liquored up and uh he i got i don't know i don't even remember exactly but he thought i was somewhere else even though i was completely in pads and sweating and um he was drunk and he threw a bottle at me and uh we got into a fight and uh, i tackled him like through the screen door window um onto the porch yeah wow we were okay um but the police came the police were called um we were separated like filed and anytime somebody something like that went up with my name with mm-hmm. everything that happened, like alarms go off, like the system starts to work again. So the system yeah. picks up on it and they go, wait a second, why is this happening to this kid? So all of a sudden who shows up? My caseworker. And then same person. Yeah. 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 He was still being caseworker. Cause like he, I was assigned to him until he no longer was doing it and he get signed to somebody else. Well, or, you know, can he describe got that relief. A different thing. It, you must've just been like, holy <sighs> you know, crap. Thank you. Thank you. You know, you would think face. that. Oh, when really? You say that. When you say that, it makes me feel bad that I didn't. But no, no, time, no. But I, I can't imagine the situation, man. Like, at not, the time, it was almost like expected. You know, his name was Steve, and I was like, "Hey, Steve, like, what's oh, going on?" Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But sense. you're right. I should have because if anybody else had come along, like, there would have been all this backstory. I had to fill them in and all that. But yeah. uh, anyway, Steve came. I guess to you, like, it, it couldn't. It was only going to be him. Like, that's it's not true. like this was a yeah, coincidence. I didn't think that's the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, know, but you're right. Very lucky because a lot of kids have 12 case workers, so you're yeah. you're very late, uh, lucky. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, I never forget my, we go back to court, um, same judge all the way back where I was. Cause mm-hmm. I was still, uh, I, as in the program, I guess if, if you will. Yeah. And, um, so my dad 
pleaded to the judge to send me to a farm for like misfit kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll never forget that. He had mm-hmm. read on the internet or somebody had told him that there was like a farm for like kids that go to jail mm-hmm. to like work out their issues. <laughs> and the judge looked at him like he was such an idiot. <laughs> Oh my. I can only imagine What's like the matter with you? The, the difference in approaches from the judge who's got like this system and like this guy who's like, how about this? Like, yeah. And the judge really was like, like that. The judge was like, this kid is acting this way because he doesn't have another option. That's yeah. how he wasn't like absolving me. I want to be clear. Like he didn't absolve me for what I did. Yeah. He was very much like you should have never done that. But he was also like the your fight. dad was licked up and, you know, he tried to hit you. And he was yeah. like. Knowing where I came from, he was like, this kid's not going to let this happen. You know, he's like, he has to do something like it's just a little understanding. I think I got instead of just like a kid that was a bad kid and hit somebody. Yeah. So anyway, I go back to the friend's home. And at this point, I'm a teenager. Um, my aunt and uncle at the time were having some issues at home. Um, so anyway, I ended up with a foster family. So I was like, and it was actually friends of the family. So I had known about them as um. They had they had known me from my time with my grandmother and grandparents. I used to actually babysit their kids, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they went and jumped through all the hoops that it took to become um, you know like a foster family. Even they right. didn't take in like a bunch of fosters. It's just me, um, but they did it because they were like he's a good kid. If you know like if somebody would just you know like get out of his way a little bit and like steer him, mm-hmm. you know if somebody would focus his attention in the right path. So uh, I stayed with them. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really bad with times and ages. Barely remember my own kids' ages, um, but I'm probably like 14 or 15. I'm not even that far away. Mm-hmm. So the the idea was very much like, all right, we'll let him go stay with his friends, and then he'll do that until he becomes you know 18 and does 18. his own thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and that's really kind of the story. Um, I was still like really close to my uncle, but just at the time, especially because like the child support thing wasn't there, yeah, they just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still visited them often, and uh, it's one of the happening to them. They're still here. They called me today on my birthday. Every year on my birthday, they call me and they sing me happy birthday. They're on the other side of town, but we still visit them all. Uh, My uncle and I are still very, very, very close. Um, I call them anytime I need like dad help. Uh, My dad has actually passed away too. And actually, I want to cap the story because it does have somewhat of a happy ending. Um, So I met my wife in in high school, um, ninth grade. Mm -hmm. And uh, we dated, I'd say off and on, but we we pretty much dated all through high school. And uh, we got pregnant um, our senior year. Oh, we graduated. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, we, we graduated together. And um, uh, so I didn't go to college, you know, like trying to mm-hmm. I'm trying to pull the story full circle. I didn't go to college like like most people did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to work. And um, so like we, we did that whole thing for a couple of years. And um, my dad really kind of turned his life around when my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. in so many ways like he really stopped he stopped drinking for the most part he he was very engaged he was there the day she was born wow. if i ever needed somebody to like watch her he was there um i'll never forget like there were at one point in my life i was working like 15 hour night shifts so like he'd come in the morning and be with uh be with my daughter and he'd walk mm-hmm. the dogs and stuff and like that like him? it took a while it took yeah. about a year also like he went through some things too um he lost his job he lost his house mm-hmm. he lost his cars um, he wasn't never like a wealthy person, but like he, he was comfortable for a long time and he lost mm-hmm. all of it. So it was a point in my life where like he was living with like an aunt and stuff like that, like his sister. So, um, but yeah, it took a while. Yeah, I won't say no that. Doubt. I didn't just like yeah. open, like welcome him back with open arms, but I'm sure. Yeah. Something changed. You could tell the change. It yeah. was just generally like a, a much, I'll never forget the, the day that, uh, we went to go let him know that he was going to have a, a grandchild. He took my, 
he took my wife to Walmart and like bought her everything. He was like, what do you need? And I never forget. She was like, Oh, this, uh, this stroller will do. He's like, yeah, but that one's bigger. You know, like he wanted the best. Oh, wow. It was yeah. just like, it was like, honestly, it was like a flip. It was like a switch flipped. It's like, that sounds was, like you though. That I, sounds like you taking your kids to the store and like you saying like, whatever you need, you just, <laughs> you will get. And they pick out one. You're like, no, that's not good enough. You need to, you need to, that is actually one. kind of, exactly that sounds exactly <laughs> like you, man. That is, I, I, I very much, uh, my kids are spoiled and they're even a little bratty at times and I try to remind them and there's a part of me that wants to rough them out of it, um, to, to give them some of those, I guess, values that I hold dear, but they have everything I never had. And it makes Mm -hmm. me so happy to know that they do. Like I get so much, you know, it's like, I even, there's a part of me, it feels bad and you're like, man, you're raising some spoiled kids. And it's like, but I would have given anything to be one of those spoiled kids. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. It's like, there's good and bad here. Like, <laughs> Well, and the funny thing is, no matter on what level of spoiled you are from not at all to completely over the top, you'd always want more. Like, no yeah, matter what. That's, that's just part of being a kid, man. And, and you probably, like, you experiencing your childhood, but almost through, like, the eyes of an adult, lock those memories into your mind so that now that you are a parent like i think a lot of people forget what it's like to be a kid i think is is sort of the point and and whether or not it's things that you had or that were taken from you you kind of leverage those experiences into being a parent now and and that's why i wanted to get into that story because i i wanted people to sort of think and reflect on that as they are growing up some people we have some younger listeners we have some parents now as well in in terms of remembering what it's like to be a kid is to me so important like Mm -hmm. how to talk to kids how to rationalize with them how to remember like what excites them and what pisses them off and how they react to certain things that like you're thinking you're in your grown-up mind this totally makes sense but in the kid's mind like what the hell are you talking about no idea yeah I recreate so many of those moments with my kids. I, I kept them out of school when like systems launch and Star Wars opening nights and all that. Yeah, like, man. I want them to remember that moment with me. Like it's important to me. Like I'm almost like about the memory. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like one year they wanted to go camping and like we went and bought all the camping stuff and I camped out in the front yard. And yep. like, we, we like we, we ordered pizza and we played like light uh, flashlight tag. And we stayed up all night long and it's like I, I want love them. love it. You know, it's that's important. Dude, we did the same thing at my parents' house when I was a kid. Great. We had, we, it was just backyard. We had two we yeah, had tents in the backyard with salt, salt and vinegar chips. I'll never forget. I don't that's know what it was. Takes. I had I had too many. I had like a whole bag, and it just like it burnt my mouth. Like you know that that salt and vinegar just like it just burned the skin on my face. And but it was amazing. It was and you yeah. didn't like you could have gone inside to a bed, but why would you ever do that? I got this super uncomfortable air mattress, or exactly. maybe even maybe you I don't just, even have just that. The ground. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. So I. I, I'm, I'm, I kind of, everything I try to do, it's like all stage surprise stuff. You know, like I'm all about the spectacle with the kids. <laughs> what is, what's happening today on, uh, this today, Mario day, your birthday. What's, what's the plan for you? Oh, my birthday here at national Mario day is that we're going to um, beat Mario. You, we, we got already got that started this morning. So we're still, <laughs> they're up there paving their way through that now. Okay. And then, uh, my wife's taking me to see the strangers. I have a, a weird affliction for horror movies mm-hmm. and uh, there's a new strangers movie. So I'm super excited. Um, I'm gonna do a little golfing. I was, I played a lot of golf in high school and college or early college. And, uh, yeah, a so, day, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. It's a good, good stuff. Oh, well, go thank you dinner. for making time for this. This is, oh, this no, is taking no, 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 no. This is a part of the day. Funny. This is a part of the day. I, yeah, this is Get great podcast. That's so funny. Um, Anyway, yeah, so I, I, anyway, I emancipated myself, um, my senior year. I did all that. I started working, um, at a, a government job. I was working at Walmart. 
And then uh, I had a government job that needed uh, entry-level help. And mm-hmm. it was night shifts, and it was overtime. It was a lot of hours. And um, I applied for it. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of people that apply. They had a lot of people that quit. It was like this this perfect storm of, of coincidence. And they were like, mm-hmm. all right, I guess we'll give it to the kid that works at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, actually, I turned out to be good at it. Um, it was uh, an, like an emergencies, kind of like a dispatcher, like a communications job, but mm-hmm. not for like police, but for yeah. like DNR and agriculture and state. And like you were the warning point. So like if a tornado happened, like you make all the calls, let everybody know. Mm-hmm. So I was actually good at it, and was really good under pressure. And uh, I kind of turned that job into just other jobs. I've been kind of working my way up the government ladder ever since, and that's how mm-hmm. I got into emergency management. And um, I didn't go to college until recently, actually. When I found Married to the Games is when I was going to college. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I had been working for four, five, six years until I started college um, mm-hmm. or start restarted college. Like after my daughter was born, I was like, you know, my boss, I remember at the time my boss had got hired. I just started working for the city and he was like, look, he's like, you're really good at what you do. He's like, you've gone as far as you can go. He's like, I, I want to give you more money and I want to give you a promotion. He's like, but I can't. You yeah. don't have the qualifications. I need you to go to school. Yeah. And that was like, all right, then I guess I got to go to school. And you know, the thing that I always tell everybody is I never would have taken school so seriously if I'd gone when everybody else right. went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had like a clear, like this is why you go to school. Like you, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's I had a on the end of the stick. I had mm-hmm. working all mm-hmm. the hours and all the nights. And I was like, so when I, I was actually, I'm very proud of this. I don't want to sound too cocky, but I was Mercer's outstanding student of the year, my graduating class. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, I was really proud to get that award because I, be. I worked so hard and the, like all those nights married to the games, so, like in my earphones, like that forum, mm-hmm. that whole time that we were all talking, that was that time I was Holy working cow. all day, you know, weekends, any events that happened. And I was going to night classes, going to classes at four different campuses. Like I was doing all of it all at the same time, family moving. It was all happening. And like this, three and a half year period and to get that award and to be done with it and to get, you know, like I was, it was probably like, yeah, that was a really special time. Like my aunt and uncle came, you know, they were there. They were the only family you asked earlier, like my link to my mm-hmm. biological family. They're it. That's it. It's just them and my, my in-laws or I mean, uh, yeah, my in-laws. That's basically it. <laughs> I don't really talk to anyone. Both my mom and dad have passed away and I, am, I was never really close to the other family. Man, I'm blown away because I can't imagine like, I'm, I'm not even in even remotely the same situation at all. I can't imagine going to school right now. There's just no way. There's no way. And like not even just to like get it done. And I love that like, you've got your degree over your yeah. right shoulder. I'm not sure yeah. if we're flipped or whatever. Um, and I love that that I love that that's there as something that, you know, it's something that people who have been to college and they, they, they finish. There's this weird thing where you're almost like you almost made to feel like it's not special. Like, I don't know why, what that is. Some it's like, it's, well, it's expected, you know, it's like, yeah, a, I guess so. You're expected like everybody to go. goes to college, yeah. but like you busted your ass. I really did. Like uh, I'll never hit my, um, I met a teacher in seventh grade. That was about the same time that I got put with my aunt and uncle. I actually met him at that, at that school. He and I had gotten really close. Um, mm-hmm. his name is Mr. Eisenberg. He's now a principal. And, um, Mr. He Eisenberg, kind of, Mr. Eisenberg, and he oh, knew everything. I, right. <laughs> oh, I didn't get the joke. Heisenberg was from Breaking Bad. Oh, my so bad, that my bad. It's okay. not worth it. That was not uh, worth it, Danny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he Redacted. came to my graduation in college, and he had kind of known, actually, so to give you the short story, this is a happy story. He kind of knew what I was going through at the time, 
Mm-hmm. He uh, was also my history teacher. So I remember I told you I had that, that, that passion for that. Uh, mm-hmm. At the time, I always wanted to be a teacher. So we kind of stayed in touch. He paid for my, my limousine and prom because I didn't have the money. So like that's how close we that's were. Amazing. It was like Holy I'd love cow. to send you to prom. You know, yeah. he's like kind of like a mentor. He came to watch me graduate at Mercer. And uh, I was, yeah, I mean, super, super proud. My aunt and uncle came. My family came. My kids came. My in-laws came. I mean, like, Yeah. I'm almost like, I'm almost oh, like, man, me too. Like, like, <laughs> well, and it's funny, just like within the context of the story, somebody just being there watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Means exactly. the world. It, like, it's, I can't tell it's you the, how much. It's the parent who's like cheering their kid on at, at football games or whatever. Yeah. It's like just, just being there is like, what do you, you have a thousand different things you could be doing and you're here and that. Yeah, I love that. I never I got to send him my announcement via email. We hadn't talked in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I and, and I even told him I was like, "Hey, I just want to let you know. I know you have a family. I know you're a principal. I know you've got things to do." I was like, "But I want to let you know, you know, you're very <laughs> Sean. <laughs> I was like, "We did it, Donnie." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Uh, you were a very important part of yeah. me getting to college." And you know, I just wanted you to know and he was like, "I'm not missing this for the world." So, yeah, Dude, it I, was uh, yeah. That story aside, um, <laughs> the podcasting afterwards mm-hmm. fit like a like a gaping hole because at that time I'll never forget. After I graduated, there was like a year there where I was like, "What do I do now?" And you yeah. Think about it. Up until that point, like I was always doing. I was always college. I mean, middle school, high school, right? You, right into you parenthood. To maximize right every moment work, of every day. You know, like. I was yeah. always on the go. And yeah. then like I graduated college and now I've got this nine to five somewhat, you know, mostly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no, I've got a family and that's enough for people, but you're exactly right. Like I felt like I had just hours and hours to give. I was like, mm-hmm. wow, this is what it feels like to just like breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and then after a while I was like, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what, like, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I didn't have any hobbies. I barely had any friends. I, I got to admit that. Like I didn't keep like large groups of people ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have like one friend. He's been like my friend forever. Yeah. And uh, I'll never you also I... skip a really shitty part of growing up, which is when um, that expectation of hanging out with the high school friends, and then like people start to meet their girlfriends, and they start to get married and stuff. And then there's that sure. that awful like tear away. I didn't like, have that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I kind of have to like look after my family. But I got like, married like my uncle and like a neighbor were like my best man and stuff. Like it was weird. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's well, like I love you, man, because I I didn't keep like. I've always been like a, I've got like two like really great friends and like these are mm-hmm. my friends. That's awesome. Uh, I actually have more friends now, like even virtually digitally than I think mm-hmm. I ever did like growing up. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. a part of that was probably I was always on the move. It was constantly yeah. on the go. I was always moving around. I didn't have time for like long standing relationships. Well, uh, schools in one, one school year. I went to eight different high schools. Yeah. Like it's, oh my yeah, I was always on the move. I was always on the go. So like it just mm-hmm. never really, and it doesn't bother me. It just never clicked. You know, I didn't just, have that. that my, my wife lived in the same neighborhood entire life. She'd went to school with the same people for 12 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I, nothing like that. You Very know, the different. opposite of that. So, uh, I'll never forget when I started podcasting, I had a friend of mine, he was like in a band and stuff. And, you know, I kind of told him like, you know, I, I'm pretty impulsive. You know, so I tried to like jump into a different things and I was working out a lot for a while and tried doing like I was doing like MMA classes for a while. I was always just trying to jump into something. I had like this outlet that needed to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I started podcasting, maybe about my fifth episode, my best friend said, dude, I think you found it. Yeah. This is, oh, I love you had that feedback. He was like, I think you've got your thing now. Yeah. He's like, this is great. So. 
I love that, man. Well, I always like to, because um, I really appreciate your time here on on your birthday on International. <laughs> is it National? I don't know. It's Northern National Hemisphere Mario game. It's definitely Mario, Mario Day. Day. Yeah. Um, what's the, maybe even looping it back to Nintendo Direct 2018, what's it got in store for you in terms of video games? What do you, what do you got your eye on, Donnie? <laughs> everything yeah right <laughs> devin makes fun of me because he, he you know the fear of missing out on the fomo the fomo is like real with me oh like I, God, I so okay. badly want to i want to talk about everything so mm-hmm. to do that i gotta buy everything um mm-hmm. I, i've already gotten most of the nintendo games pre-ordered and uh but you know i actually this year i'm actually my goal was to not try that so much mm-hmm. not necessarily just like don't buy games so much but like last year I beat more games last year than I've ever beat in my life, and I just felt worn out by it. I can't tell you the amount of games I've tr- I probably beat 30, 40 games. Like, Kevin and I were, like, tallying them up. Like, I really, really crushed some games last year. And, like, there were some games that I would have played more of, like Persona or something, like if I, yep. if I didn't, or Hot Shots Golf or yep. things like that. Same so, like, way. this year I was like, man, I'm just going to play games until I'm done. And then I'm just going to... Yeah give up on it if i want to and not feel so bad <laughs> i love that the back and forth because i think that was 2015 for me i'm like i'm playing i feel like 2015 or 2014 i have to i could actually go back and check because i wrote about it um i started one of those years by playing all three dragon age games and i'm like that's it i started in because it would have been 2014 because i i no, 2015 because it came out in 2014 so i was in yeah. january and i started the game and i'm like i think i need to know what happens i think i need to know more about this this dragon age universe so i went back and i got origins and then i played two and then right into inquisition it was like the first quarter of the year nice and and doing all the the rest of the year followed the same so i'm just like i'm plowing through games this is everything i all anything i ever wanted to do with my life and with video games and by the end i'm like why aren't i satisfied i've played so many games and to completion why am i not satisfied and i've gone back and forth since then of playing everything and playing just a couple of games uh and you just it's the everlasting struggle donnie of video game playing will just never really be happy and that's, that's why true. we're all just yeah, everybody's, by everybody's just cynical and upset you're exactly right <laughs> yeah, that, that, kevin, that's the explanation kevin is that way yeah, yeah. I, I, so, so, so kevin was like i can't be hyped about this stuff i'm like then you'll never will be you're yeah. just like lost forever yeah um yeah I'm, i i actually think i'm i think this year i'm gonna wait until black friday to buy a lot of games and then yeah. I'm, Dude, gonna, I'm the same way but I'm it also doesn't Red help Devil i'm gonna it. give you a warning uh it, it's a great idea and you'll you'll save a ton of money but you also end up with games that, that like oh hang on a second let me see the games right here that uh still in the wrapper final still fantasy the wrapper. 15 <laughs> that, that thing is uh uh $20. one day um, yeah well, yeah exactly the when i've got an extra 70 hours the evil within i played yeah. uh, 10 minutes so these were all games that I got on like Black Friday. Well, I'm gonna do all my Nintendo stuff. That's that's real. But I the other it. games, like the third party stuff, and I think I'm gonna wait till Black Friday because we're talking about this in Discord because Red Dead Redemption's coming, and I'm gonna kind of just mm. clear the decks and just play some RDR for a while. I'm just yeah. gonna like get nothing, get everything out of the way, <sighs> and just sit that. down with that game and just in, spend time with Rockstar again. I love it, dude. Um, well, you know what? You have a birthday to get to. I think I might go have some some eggs upstairs. I might have some. It's still early here. I'm going to have some breakfast. Um, why don't we close things off? This was an absolutely fascinating chat. I, I want... feel like it's so bad because I talked so much about just like my upbringing. That's all I wanted. That's all oh, I you wanted. Want... This is... Well, I mean, I mean, I could I could have I could want for more, but we'll have to have you back on. And we're going to have you on if we ran Nintendo as well. So we're going to we're going to be geeking out about video games very soon. Very excited. Um, so at this point. 
I don't know if, if people don't follow you, they absolutely must because they got to hear what a guy like this has to say about video games. Where can they, where <laughs> the can guy they that'll sit that there and line up bullet point by bullet point, everything. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, I feel like that is a challenge to anybody to go like, how do you argue that? And, <laughs> There probably is a way, but I wasn't prepared for that. There probably is. Uh, yeah, nobody nobody preps harder than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Play Nintendo and follow all of our activities everywhere that we do over there at PSVG. Dude, thank you so much. This was truly fascinating. I, I usually try to cap it an hour. I'm like, there's no way we're gonna we're gonna get through this. This is incredible. Uh, I, all it means is I got less to say at the start and close of the show. So that's great. We're just gonna be like, and here's Donnie. All right, this is it. <laughs> so thank you for that. Thanks, Sean. Isn't that amazing? If you're watching the video, you saw me go from this glassless uh, wreck of a man to talking to Donnie, and I'm actually, you know, not looking too bad. I was feeling so much better yesterday. Now, now it's this, and now we're back to this. Thank you guys for being here, and if. Uh, even I'll take a sympathy thumbs up if you guys are on the video. I'll, I'll take it. I feel like garbage, but we can't miss a, me- a week. Can't miss a week either. Whatever a meek is. Thank you to Donnie at Play Nintendo. Ain't no G's in playing Nintendo. I hope that catches on, Donnie. I thought of that on the second. Uh, and I think that's pretty great in my weird state of mind right now. How epic was that music at the start? I'm like, here's Donnie Reese. And it's like, bah, 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 bah. Now I got this music going on with the music behind. It's good stuff, guys. This is what you come to Weed the Gamer Cast for, I think. I actually don't know. Super Mario World, The Moon of Bowser on ocremix.org. Uh, quick shout out to the guys at Flux Depose because right here on Weed the Nerdy, youtube.com slash Weed the Nerdy, uh, the guys from Flux Depose, Lucas, Rose, and Jason Lacey are going to be on If We Ran Nintendo. Some amazing topics. I, I would tell you what the topics are, but they've changed in the last, they've changed six times in the last 24 hours. So I don't know. I don't know where we're going to land, but it'll be a great time. And I hope you guys are enjoying that new format of If We're at Nintendo. I'm having a blast. It's cool that I can do more stuff with, with more people. Like this was the really the only time I could interact with so many of you. And now we've got, now we've got guest shows up the wazoo. Whatever a wazoo is and however you get them up there. Thank you for subscribing to the YouTube channel and iTunes and Google Play and telling all of your friends and your grandmother I appreciate it. Your grandmother might like this show. It's not always about video games. It's about family and the things that bind us. So good. Uh, Remember, I was also on the PlayStation... Nope. PSVG's uh, Xbox Empire. (laughs) State of the Xbox Empire. As soon as I see PSVG, I think PlayStation video games. I don't know why that is. It's because they're the same letters. That's it's about as simple as that. Follow me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Follow the show at We The Gamercast. The website is We The Nerdy. Your follows help, by the way. It definitely, definitely helps because people, if we were looking for content or or games or access, they look at that. They definitely, definitely do. So thank you guys for that. Please consider supporting the show and also Mr. Badbit himself, Joseph, and the Canardian gamer Mark Carabin over at patreon.com slash make us better. Uh, thank you to our artists, Gary Gray and Adam Leonard. I have a couple ideas going to Adam Leonard and uh, Adam, I haven't forgotten about that. So thank you for that. Our video designer, Antonio Guillen, and this is all part of the Day Space Network of Podcasts. Otherwise, this is episode 134 of We the Gamer Casts now in your ears and your eyeballs. I'll be back next week. I hope you're there too. Now it's time for Jason. Jason.
Jason! 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 Sean! 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 Jason! 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 Jason!